0: we meet today in isaiah chapter 54 and 55 in these two chapters we're looking at the regathered and restored wife of the lord jehovah the rejoicing and the righteous restored wife of the lord then the invitation to the world the ways of god the institution of the word of god now isaiah chapter 54 is the logical chapter to follow Isaiah 53, because it is the song that accompanies salvation and the future glories of Israel. After portraying the majestic personality of the seven Redeemer in chapter 53, the prophet Isaiah resumes his message about the redeemed Israel. The initial verses begin a triumphant song of Zion, now restored to the favor of the Lord. In chapter 55, the Lord issues a general call to all who call themselves by his name to abandon the Babylons of this world and to find their satisfaction and their security in him alone and in that city of joy and peace that he will build. Isaiah 55 is a call to revival for all who have wandered far from the Lord or from that grace which is the basis of our relationship with Him. It is also a call to salvation for any who have not known Him, promising a free but abandoned eternal life that is better than what money can buy. The call is issued to the thirsty and the penniless, all who will recognize their need for spiritual blessings, and their inability to meet those needs themselves. And waters and wine and milk are the symbols of abandoned spiritual blessings in that chapter. Now to begin with, Isaiah 54 verse 1, beginning the subject of the regathered and restored wife of the Lord, the church, and specifically referring to Israel. He is speaking directly to Israel, saying that the children of Israel should do shout for joy. They should do sing. "All barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Isaiah 54 verse 1. Redemption brings a song into the world, my friend, and the redeemed of the Lord will sing of their redemption, whether they are here on the earth or they are in heaven. Remember, even when we came to Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10, we were reminded again, Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. You see, the joy of the Lord brings. Singing And salvation and redemption brings a new song. Sing, O barren. Well, that statement talks of the past of Israel. Israel has been a barren wife, so to say. Sarah's life was this in miniature, so to say. She was barren, she was childless, an old woman, 90 years old with no children god caused the barren to bring forth a son and just think of the millions that have come from sarah so the first word after the crucifixion in chapter 53 is sing it is a call to israel to sing but the jews are not singing over in that land today in the past israel has been a barren wife but in the future Her travailing will be over. Her future is going to be glorious because she will have many children in the future. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stacks. Isaiah 54 verse 2. Again, the nation Israel has never occupied the entire land which was given to them by the Lord. The Lord God marked out for them in Joshua chapter one verse four. That land is about four hundred and eighty three thousand square kilometers. Even in Israel's heyday, when they reached the zenith or their peak under David and Solomon, they only occupied forty eight thousand thousand three hundred square kilometers which is quite a difference here now god says that they are going to lengthen their codes and strengthen their stakes and they are going to be in the safe land they won't need to be afraid of the arabs in that day you see during the millennium israel will occupy the total borders of the land Also the city of Jerusalem will push out into the suburban areas and there will be no traffic jams as I experienced when I was in that land. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Isaiah 54 verse 3 Now the Gentiles have occupied most of the promised land they have it today, but they will have to withdraw to their own borders. The problem in the world today is not only that individuals are trying to step over into somebody else's territory, even nations are trying to expand their borders. And this causes problems. People just keep wanting more and more and more, which is what produces wars in the world. And that is what Israel is experiencing, but its borders will go to their proper place in the millennial kingdom. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Isaiah 54 verse 5. You see here, God will own them then as his redeemed people in that day. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife, when you were refused, says your God. Isaiah 54 verse 6. You see, Israel is today like a wife that has been divorced for adultery. That is the figure of speech that's used here. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. Isaiah 54 verse 7. In that day, not only Israel, but all of us are going to look back at what we thought as a terrible thing down here in this life. And it will seem as Paul described it, a light affliction, which is but for a moment, and it will work for us an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, my friend, we need to get our eyes focused on things which are not seen, rather than the things that are seen. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Isaiah 54 verse 10 now, if you feel that God is going to break His covenant, which He made with Abraham, Isaiah would have you know that you are wrong. God will not break His covenant. He never will break it. Because God has made that declaration, there is the rejoicing and the righteous, restored wife of the Lord. This wife rejoices because she is restored. Oh, you afflicted one. Toast with tempest and not comforted Behold I will lay your stones with colorful gems And lay your foundations with sapphires Isaiah 54 verse 11 Now God here is beginning to comfort Israel That she might rejoice Listen to this All your children shall be taught by the Lord And great shall be the peace of your children Isaiah 54 verse 13 You see, this is the day when the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And, my friend, this brings peace. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Isaiah 54 verse 14. You see, following righteousness is freedom from fear, my friend. Now notice the next marvelous verse. Comes at Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Even in the past and in the present, God has been opposed to any anti-Semitism. Anyone who has been coming against God, he has opposed them. And he says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No enemy of God's chosen nation has ever promised. The witnesses to this truth are there. Pharaoh, Haman, Herod, Hitler. Even today, any nation that is against Israel will actually pay. For that hatred There are a lot of anti-Semites Today on our continent Who actually ought to read this verse today And get the warning This verse is a promise of God Not a promise of man The work of the suffering servant In chapter 53 Makes possible the offer of salvation In this chapter In chapter 54 The invitation was confined To Israel Now as we move to chapter 55, we see that invitation extending to the entire world. The gospel went first to Israel and then to the Gentiles, according to Romans chapter 1 verse 16. This does not mean that the Jew has top priority today, but he shouldn't have bottom priority either. He is on the same par as everyone else. The Jew did receive the gospel first. Peter on the day of Pentecost preached to an all-Jewish congregation. There were no Gentiles in that Lord. Now this invitation now is going to the world, and this is a remarkable portion of the Word of God because there have been very few religious leaders who have had a global view. The work of the suffering servant of God In Isaiah chapter 53, makes possible now the offer of salvation to a lost world. In Isaiah chapter 55, God's invitation has yet to find its complete fulfillment in Israel. The invitation to the world. Now, if you listen carefully to the public discourse today, you hear the recurring theme that modern society is in moral and spiritual decline. Well, that makes the message of Isaiah as timely as ever. To those who spend money for what is not bread, and wages for what does not satisfy, according to Isaiah 55 verse 2, the Lord offers a compelling invitation. Come to me, and your soul shall live. Isaiah 55 verse 3. So this marvelous call of God is extended to the whole world. He invites nations who do not even know of Israel to come to Him. Anyone who is thirsty can drink of his waters of grace. This same invitation is still in effect today. In the book of Revelation, the Lord says, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who is thirsty, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires Let him take the water of life freely. Revelation 21 verse 6, Revelation 22 verse 17. Now my friend, have you personally responded to God's gift of life through faith in Christ Jesus? Are you still dying of thirst? The Lord invites you to come and drink. Come and drink without pay. Isaiah 55 verse 1 tells us, Oh, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Again, we see here the invitation is to every man, is to every woman and child on the top side of the earth. It means that every man of every station in life In all strata of society, from every race, tribe, tongue, condition, and color must come. All are included. The invitation is, Ho! Everyone! But notice that it is also an invitation for those whose thirst has not been slaked by the man-made cisterns and bars of this earth. The invitation is to drink deep and long of the eternal springs. Now, my friend, are you tired of this world? Have you found that it does not satisfy? Do you long for something better? God says, I have something for you. And this is God's invitation to you. He says, come, buy, and eat. Not only drink, but he offers the bread of life as well. Isn't that amazing? Notice that there are three types of drink that is offered also in this passage. First, there is the waters. The plural form is even used here, and in the Hebrew, the plural expresses a superlative degree. This water is too wonderful to be expressed by the singular form. So waters speaks of the abundance of quantity as well as the quality. This is the water of the soul. Now we know that the fountain of that water is Christ, who is the water of life and our Savior. The second drink that we are invited to have is wine. And wine is the second type of drink offered, which symbolizes joy. In Proverbs 31 verse 6 we read, Give strong drink to him. Who is ready to perish and wine to those who have heavy hearts. You see, joy is what you have when Christ is not only your savior, but when he becomes the master of your life. And when you have heavy hearts, those who had heavy hearts were given wine to make them glad. But Christ is that joy. When you come to him, you have joy. In first John chapter one, verse four, John says, and we write these things to you, that your joy may be full. Milk is the third type of drink that is offered. And as you know, milk is essential for growth and development, especially for babies. Well, the milk of the word of God is essential for spiritual growth. Peter said it like this, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. Now a child of God ought to want the milk of the word of God with each child. Now a child of God ought to long, ought to want the milk of the word of God with childlike longing. And the greatest problem in our churches today is that we Are entertaining We are giving nice little courses In this and in that other thing We are giving banquets and dinners And we are really Petting folk on their back And putting some on the committees God is saying There is something we need to do We are doing everything But giving them the word of God Many church members today are still born They have no spiritual life And my friend If you are a child of God You ought to want the sincere milk of the word of God. Incline your ear and come to me. hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Isaiah 55 verse 3. Well, here the reference to the sure mercies of David speaks of the Davidic covenant according to 2 Samuel chapter 7, which really promised that a descendant of David will rule eternally over a kingdom that will bless all the nations. So, verses 3 to verse 5 of this chapter promise that all who respond to God's call will benefit from that covenant as members of the royal family, princes of the king. If God would take a person like David, He might take you, and he might take me. The sure mercies of David, oh, how wonderful they are. We now move on to the ways of God. Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Well, the verses that begin with verse 8 are actually intended to motivate repentance, By explaining that the Lord's plans and methods are far better than those a man may devise on his own. In fact, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us that God's plans are stronger. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 as well. God's way is different from that of man. The gospel is God's way. It is not man-made. No man could ever have devised the gospel. Galatians 1 verse 11 to verse 12 tells us clearly, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to men, for I neither received it from men nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the point. The gospel came down from heaven. It is God's gospel. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55 verse 9. You see, the gospel could come only by revelation, since man's reason never follows the redemption route. We move on to the institution of the word of God. You see, when the gospel is given out, the emphasis is now placed on the accuracy and the reliability and the importance of the word of God. Listen to Isaiah 55, verse 10 to verse 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. You see here, in this closing section, there is a a prominence, if you like, given to the word of God. The only place where the gospel is found is in the word of God. Salvation is a revelation of God, and the word of God is likened to the rain that comes down from heaven. You see, the gospel is not just asking you to do something. Neither is the gospel something that man has thought up and come up with. Man does not work his way up to God by some tower of Babel effort, no, But he receives God's revelation which comes down from heaven like rain. The rain causes the earth to become fruitful. The seeds germinate and really fructify and bring forth abundantly. The word of God is also the seed. And really, when the rain and the seed get together in the human heart, there will be fruit. Also note that It is the divine origin or the character of God's word and not some magical power which causes it to accomplish the purposes for which it is sent. And of course, Hebrews tells us that the word of God is effective, sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Isaiah 55 verse 12 You see, during the millennium, the earth will respond with a note of praise to the Creator and the Redeemer. Actually, Romans chapter 8 verse 22 tells us, For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain until now. But in the millennium, It will be a time of joy. A common chorus, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with praise. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. There will be shouts of joy. And the trees of the field will break, will clap their hands. That is a fitting song for such a time. My friend, we look forward to the millennium when the earth will be redeemed from the case of sin. The curse of sin is expressed by the thorn and the briars. When Christ died, he not only redeemed sinners, he also redeemed a sin-cursed earth. What an anticipation, what a prospect for all of us. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, Please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.